The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program, WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, its staff, or management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WMKV. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, your nation's public radio source for all news, strategies, tip tech, tips, techniques, and more about becoming financially independent through real estate. The Real Estate Investors Association of Greater Cincinnati meets tomorrow evening. It's the usual location, the Community Action Agency building at the old Swifton Commons corner of Reading and Seymour. The early meeting at 6 o'clock is about understanding turnkey rentals, whether you want to buy them or whether you want to sell them, understanding what they are, how they work, how to evaluate them, and so on. The main meeting at 7.30 is understanding credit, whether it's yours or your tenants or your buyers. Very important topic with the original credit coach, Lucy Brenton, guest on this show about a month ago. She'll have a whole 90 minutes this time and an organized, an organized presentation for everyone to follow and you will learn a lot about credit how it works and how to fix it again that's the real estate investors association of cincinnati tomorrow evening thursday open to the public more information at cincinnatiria.com or 859-292-7342 the ria of cincinnati wholesaling subgroup meets this evening the location has changed if you go to the pig and whistle you will discover that it is closed so then you will drive through the parking lot of the rookwood pavilion to buca de beppo which is where the meeting is actually occurring at 7 p.m this evening headed up by mega wholesaler mitch painter and of course full of folks who uh are looking to wholesale properties just like you are so uh that meeting is again at 7 p.m. Buca de Beppo in Rookwood Pavilion. Our topic today is one that you're going to want to stay tuned for, even if you are not attracted to the whole idea of negotiating cheap deals and dealing with tenants and toilets, because we're going to talk about turnkey rentals, a uh, type of investment that was very popular back in the 70s and 80s and then went out of fashion for a little while for various reasons and is now back with a vengeance and will continue to get hotter and hotter as the next few years go by and inflation starts to carry house values up, rents up, and yet leaves the financing at a nice fixed rate. Not looking into a crystal ball here. I'm just looking backwards at history and telling you that when inflation is high, a lot of money runs to real estate. Here this evening to help me discuss this topic is Missy McCall Hammonds, owner of Bed and Breakfast Property. 
previous president of the Property Owners Association of Butler County, frequent guest here on Real Life Real Estate, and amongst her other specialties in real estate, seller of turnkey rentals. Missy, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Welcome, Bina. <laughs> I'm looking forward to talking to you guys about turnkey investments tonight. It's one of my favorite topics. Yes, and, and, and primarily tonight we're going to be talking to potential buyers of turnkey investments, and primarily we're going to be telling them how to stay out of trouble. Because you and I have both observed that, um, as as is always the case when a strategy gets real hot, there are folks out there abusing it. And it's, in this case, primarily the sellers abusing it. And we want to talk tonight about how to make these investments if you want to, but not get abused. So before we... Before we uh, jump into some of these how to stay safe things, we better talk for a minute about what turnkey rentals are, because I'm thinking maybe not everybody out there has heard of these. I think you're probably right. They're very popular in marketplaces where you can't buy a house and rent it in the property cash flow. California, Arizona, Florida, some of those markets are a little more affordable. But in California, if you purchase a rental property, you typically have to to add cash every month in order to actually own the property. And if you compare that to Ohio, where you buy a house and you get actual cash flow every month, we're a little more attractive, along with some of the other Midwest states. Mm -hmm. So a turnkey rental is where someone is usually investing either out of the area or plan on being hands-off in the investment. So they depend on someone else to find the deal, fix it up, sell it to them, and then manage the property for them. So all they really are is a money person that reaps all the benefits. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's not that uncommon, even here in the Midwest and also the parts of the South where real estate is very affordable, particularly compared to uh, the rents that one can get. Uh, It's not that uncommon for someone who lives in the same city as the rental property to own a property and really never see it, never manage it, never be in touch with the tenants, uh, et cetera. Uh, they, as you said, they're looking at it more as a, I put my money in here and then I get my money back out than those of us who get drywall mud under our fingernails and you know, go out and negotiate the deals and fix the mold and all of that sort of thing. So uh, I've always said and and still believe that the big money in real estate comes with buying super cheap, doing work, and then holding or selling or whatever the case may be. Uh, The returns on these turnkey rentals aren't anything like what what we would see for, for doing all of that negotiation, initial financing, renovation, and so on. Why are they still good investments? Because in our area, well, because real estate all pays you in more than one way. It pays you cash flow, which you can typically expect anywhere from a 5 to an 8%, maybe even up to a 12% cash-on-cash return when you buy a turnkey rental. And in addition to paying you through cash flow, you get the principal pay down every month, so your tenant's actually paying for your investment. Depending on your, your personal tax situation, there are tax benefits sometimes to owning real estate. 
And how else can you buy an investment and have someone else pay for it? So there's still really good deals for people that if they have enough of an education to buy the right turnkey investment. And I think that's really what's different than, you know, those of us that like to get mud under our fingernails. We're willing to do the whole process. And we've went to great educational links to get the education to make us select the right properties at the right price and then hold them and repair them. These are people that are typically busy professionals that recognize real estate is a good investment. The tenant will help them pay for the investment, and they've got enough of an education to know to pick the area they want to invest, the type of home they want to invest in, and then have a smaller return than we do. But it's still much better and, in my opinion, less risky, and, again, that's just my opinion, than, than in the stock market because I lack the education there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now, diversification. To be to be clear, turnkey rentals are generally purchased at full value or close to it. You're you're not going to go out and find a property that someone else has bought, put twenty to forty thousand dollars into fixing, and then rented, and then is going to sell to you for half price. It, it, it's just not the way turnkey rentals work. The advantages are not in the uh, cheap prices. They are in the hands-off returns and, as you said, in the fact that real estate pays you in more than one way. So just to, just to get that out of the way, it's not that uh, most turnkey rentals are selling at, at anything like pennies on the dollar. I think the biggest discount I've ever seen on a turnkey rental was probably around 5 to 10% off the value and it's common to to pay full price if the cash flow still works. So it's really a different mindset. I mean the, the folks who are buying turnkey rentals largely have a different mindset than the folks who are doing the big rehabs. But at the same time, I know people who are, you know, full-time real estate entrepreneurs, they're flipping houses, they're buying them and renting themselves who own turnkey rentals. I mean, I'm I'm one of them. I I have I have a couple of turnkey rentals that I've never seen. Well, and because you recognized it was a great investment and that's what these other folks are doing. And I think you've brought up the number one or the first pitfall that people can make when they're investing in turnkey properties, and that's to pay the right price for them. Fair market value or a little bit below is what they should pay. 25% more than what the property is ever going to be worth is not the right answer. And I think that's probably the first pitfall that a uneducated investor needs assistance with is, are they paying a fair price for the property? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, we, should, we should also say, because what you said just popped into my mind, that turnkey rental buyers sort of come in two flavors. They they come in qualified, Fannie Mae qualified, so they're they're looking to buy the property, put twenty percent down, get a fixed rate loan, and in that case, you really it's very difficult to pay more than the value of the property because there is going to be an appraisal. The bank is going to do an appraisal, and they're not going to loan you based on more than the property's worth, no matter what the seller happens to want. But the other kind is is the kind that, that, that I fear for and see uh, problems with, and that is the folks who are paying 100% cash for the properties, either through retirement plans or through their own investment accounts. What would you recommend to someone who gets someone like that who gets handed a deal and, look, I it's worth 85000 I swear? Well, I think they should do the same thing that the bank requires when you're getting a loan, and that's 
contact a local bank in the area that does Fannie Mae loans and get the list of approved Fannie Mae appraisers and get an appraise, an independent appraisal done. Yes, it costs $350, but that's going to save you a lot of money in the long run if you're paying 25% more for a property than it's actually worth today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and bottom line, uh, and, and we'll, we'll go back into what some of these other numbers are, but bottom line is don't ever believe someone who's trying to sell you anything about what the numbers are. Get confirmation from a third-party professional. We need to take a quick break, after which we will take your questions about turnkey rentals. Here in the Cincinnati area, you can just dial 772-9658. If you're listening to us on the web and not on the radio, give us a call toll-free at 877-772-9658 or send us an email at askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Missy McCall-Hammonds, owner of Bed and Breakfast Properties in Hamilton, Ohio. We're talking today about turnkey rentals, which is going to be a topic that we, I'm sure we will talk about many times in the upcoming years because it is a very hot topic at the moment and will become hotter and hotter over the next 10 years or so. We're talking to those of you who might be considering purchasing turnkey rentals and uh, really trying to give you some advice to keep you out of trouble. Uh, Missy, we got a, a, an email during the break from Susie in Toledo who says, what if the seller offers me an appraisal that he has already had done? Um, tell him thank you very much. And that's very generous but then hire your own independent because that goes back to the best way. That's that's the person selling you the property, telling you how much it's worth again. And although that's helpful and it gives you a baseline, I would still have an independent appraisal done myself because that's really going to tell you what the property is worth. Agreed. I, I just had a property appraised a week ago that uh, it appraised for $113,000. It needs $50,000 worth of work, and it will, in fact, be worth $113,000 after the $50,000 in work is done, because what I asked for was an after-repaired appraisal. And Susie, how do you know that's not what you're getting? How do you, how do you know you're not getting an appraisal that was, the, the request was, tell me what it's worth after it's fixed, and I haven't fixed it yet. So yeah, your, your own due diligence is always good. Now, Missy, I want to take a step backwards and and talk a little bit about uh, areas because all all turnkey rental areas are not created equal and you can go on the web and you can find 15 different arguments for 15 different cities in the United States being the best place in the entire country to buy turnkey rentals. Now, how is someone who doesn't live locally supposed to evaluate uh, choosing Cincinnati versus Memphis versus Savannah versus St. Louis? Well, I think your first step is to decide where you want to invest. And once you look at that state as a whole and what the state is doing to, you know, this is all about population and jobs. Because if you have rental property, if you have a shrinking population, the chances of you having a higher vacancy rate is there. And if you have the highest unemployment in the nation, then you probably are going to have to be a little concerned about whether your tenant can pay the rent long term. 
So the first thing I suggest is you look at the area you want to invest, pick two or three, and then start comparing what is their unemployment rate? How has it been compared to the national average? Um, and then look at the census tracts. Is it an area of growing population, or is it like Detroit, where it's shrinking every day by the thousands? Because you don't you want to invest in an area that has rental property in demand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The next thing that I suggest you look at is the calculation that the census also provides, and that's the number of owner occupants versus rentals. You want an area that has the smallest amount of rentals if possible because, again, that places your property more likely in a higher demand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And all of this information is available at uscensus.gov. It's not like, you know, it's it's hidden or or difficult to find. Um, here's Here's an interesting question that just came in from, and I clicked out, so I, okay. It is from Paul in New Jersey. He says, can, can Missy address the pros and cons of investing in turnkey rentals in multiple cities for diversification versus a single area? Absolutely. You know, the bottom line is, in all of the turnkeys, today in America, our real estate is on sale. You're never going to find properties cheaper or interest rates lower. So the likelihood of you getting a good deal today is high. The issue is, One, is the property properly prepared? And two, who's going to manage the asset long term? So when you start deciding about where you want to invest, the number one key is having the right person on the ground. I talk to investors every day because I sell turnkey rentals that have bought in other areas. And what they found is their property manager is ineffective. And when I say they're not effective, well, the property went vacant a month ago and it's six weeks later, and they're still not advertising it because it hasn't been re-rented or it hasn't been cleaned up to be re-rented. So you really still have to have a baseline education about property management and know the questions to ask a property manager. What is your percentage of vacancies? What is your average days on market? What is your normal time from vacancy to rent-ready, from rent-ready to re-rented? What are your charges? What are your upcharges? Um, everyone charges for service calls. Well, I found a company in uh, Alabama that if it cost them $100 to repair a furnace, they charged you 40% more. That was their markup. Hmm. The normal market today is anywhere from 10 to 20% markup. But, of course, if you don't know to ask those questions in advance, what you find is you're paying the bills and you know, you're paying a premium possibly and um, you could have had it done cheaper if you called Sears yourself. Mm-hmm. And and actually one of the primary reasons for this show today is the horror stories that that you and I have heard and a lot of them are around the property management situation. They're, they're, they're around, I, I think I got a good deal I think it was a good property, but I'm not making any money or I'm losing money because the property manager that was recommended to me is, oh gosh, they pull all kinds of tricks, right? They they charge for repairs that turn out not to be done. They 
fill a unit and don't mention to you that it's filled for two months and collect the rent. But I, I think the biggest the biggest thing I hear is just simple non-responsiveness. Yes. Yeah, you, you call them and ask them if they've done something and they don't answer their phone, they don't answer their emails. They set you up with an online system so that you can go into a program and look for yourself, but it's so complicated you can't get into it. Um, but truly the property management is the most complex part after you've decided where you want to invest. So if you're, you're although diversification is a, a clever idea, finding someone that first can properly manage your asset is the di- most difficult part of this. So when you start talking about investing in several communities, then you have to find several good property managers, which is even more difficult. So your first education is really about what property management is and what it isn't so that you can manage them. Mm-hmm. All of my customers, I give a copy of my landlording course so that they can educate themselves, so that they can see what I do when I run a property. They need to ask those same questions of their new property provider. How do you advertise, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for example? Yeah, and, and again, this comes back to although this is meant to be a hands-off investment, you still have to have some certain basic level of education about what it is you're doing and what the expectations should be. Uh, I talked to a fellow about three weeks ago who's from the East Coast who bought a number of properties here in the Cincinnati area that he's basically trying to dump now for less than significantly less than he has in them. And he just he simply did, did not know that it was not okay for a property to be ba- vacant for four to five months, that that was not normal. And that was that was the rule with his property manager is that the, the property would be vacant for four to five months. And just understanding things like uh, the override should be around 10 to 20% and the, the fees should be around you know 10% per month, possibly plus a rent up fee. Just, just, just understanding that sort of thing will keep you out of a lot of trouble. So uh, once you have decided that you're going to buy a turnkey rental and started exploring what's available, and there there are many turnkey rentals available all over the country, um, what about, what, what other, in what other ways should we be double checking the seller's information? Because for instance, one of the points of turnkey rentals is that they are fully rehabbed. How do we know they're fully rehabbed? Well, you hire a home inspector, an independent home inspector, which is hopefully ASHE certified, which is the organization that certifies the highest level of home inspectors to go out and do a full inspection. Again, that's another $250, but they're going to tell you every single thing about that property that's wrong with it and that's right with it. And they're very, very detailed in the things that they do. Now, not every property is perfect, but you're going to identify critical things like the age of your furnaces, the status of your electric, your plumbing. Um, If there is plumbing, if there is an air conditioner, (laughs) things that are really important to your long-term wealth. Mm -hmm. And no, you shouldn't expect your, your seller to fix everything because, you know, if you have tenants in there and you know, there's a crayon mark on the wall, don't make him go fix that because likely is six weeks later there's going to be another crayon mark on the wall. But what you can do is make sure that 
the structural integrity is there. It's not ate up with termites. It really has a furnace and, and plumbing, um, the things that are important to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, you're, if your home inspector tells you that the roof is 18 years old, are you going to want to not buy that house? Well, maybe not, or maybe you want to deduct the price of the new roof you're going to have to put on it in two years <laughs> from the purchase price of the property. But again, just knowing is so important. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing, talking today about buying turnkey rentals with Missy McCall Hammonds of Bed and Breakfast Properties. 772-9658 is the number to call if you're here in the greater Cincinnati area and you have questions about turnkey rentals. 877-772-9658 outside the greater Cincinnati area or askmina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Mina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Missy McCall-Hammonds. And this is one of those shows where we're just trying to inform you about what's going on out there so that you can stay out of trouble and make smart investments. And we're speaking to a little bit of a different audience tonight because uh, folks who buy turnkey rentals are typically people who want to be very hands-off with their real estate investing. They want to get some cash flow. They want to get some appreciation mortgage pay down, tax breaks if you can take them. That's always a question that you need to ask your uh, tax professional because there, there are some loss limitations uh, if you're very high income. But uh, just 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 trying to make sure if you're going to do this, you do it right because there's too many people out there doing it wrong. Um, got a question here, Missy, from Mark in Las Vegas. And the question is, please explain to me turnkey rental returns. I have seen companies selling properties with returns ranging from 5% to 20%. Is it a matter of the city? Is it a matter of the kind of neighborhood the property is in? Or is it a matter of how the calculation is being made? That is such an awesome question to lead us into the the mistakes that people often make. Um, There's a several different ways that you can calculate your return on investment. The first and probably most important one is your cash-on-cash return, which means the amount of cash you're investing in the property. If you're doing a Fannie Mae purchase, you would put 20% down, so your investment would be 20% down plus your closing costs. So that's your cash invested. And then next you're looking at your return, which means how much compared to that cash you've invested are you actually getting back each year and then over the period of five years Mm -hmm. the second way they're measured is um, your cash that you're receiving less your expenses plus your depreciation appreciation and tax benefits so the first thing you have to do is look at how they're actually doing that calculation when they're telling you what your return is Mm mm-hmm and I, I can almost guarantee you, Mark, that if the return is 20%, they're just doing a simple, here's how much your cash flow is. In other words, not not less anything, <laughs> you know, not less the taxes, the insurance, the maintenance, the debt service, and so on, uh, over how much money you've invested. Because twenty true 20% cash on cash returns in turnkey rentals, I, I personally have never seen one. And I've evaluated a lot of turnkey rentals. So, uh, you know, realistically, there are expenses that come with owning property. The the taxes and insurance just being 
the most obvious, the taxes, insurance, and debt service being the most obvious ones, um, having no factor in there for the fact that sometimes the property is going to go vacant and sometimes things are going to break even though they're new and sometimes when the the tenant's going to move out you're going to have to paint it and carpet it i think it's got to be the number one mistake that buyers make and i would agree with that however depending on your property management and the area that you're investing those numbers can vary greatly when i do my presentations i make sure that we include principal interest taxes and insurance and the management fees because those are very fixed expenses your repairs and your vacancies is a variable so when you're looking at that variable there's some national averages that are out there that you can use to calculate um for example i think you what do you use as a repair number vena a percentage uh we use a total of 20 percent of the gross rents to cover repairs and vacancy and longer term reserves that one needs to set aside for that brand new roof that's going to be an old roof in 20 years uh and that that only works in my experience if the house is truly truly renovated on day one if it's not that number can go to 30 percent 40 percent of the gross rents absolutely and that's where you really have to look at some of those numbers you have to come up with on your own. And I think 20% is a good number if the property is properly prepared. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes sometimes it's easier to start by comparing apples to apples because most most of the, even the, even the sellers who are being very honest about the rents and the taxes and insurance and so on, oftentimes don't put a factor in there for the vacancy maintenance and reserves when they're calculating the return. And it sometimes helps to look at that number so that you can compare this property over here with that property over there. But then when really sitting down and deciding, am I going to buy it? You got to put that number in (laughs) because the returns can very quickly drop from 20 to 6% (laughs) when you you start uh, taking a realistic look at, at what the maintenance might be and the vacancy might be and so on. But uh, I'll tell you, Missy, one of the things that I'm not going to say annoys me about <laughs> turnkey buyers, but but um, sort of surprises me is that I, I've seen sellers put returns in front of these folks that are, are you know, 12, 15, 20 percent. And they will accept that without even thinking about it as if that were a normal return on a hands-off investment. What what completely hands-off investment can you make in the world and get a 20% return? I mean, that's, 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 that's Bernie Madoff land. Well, it's certainly the rare property, or it's typically in our area, the, the bordering on war zone properties that have the higher cash flow and the low investment. And you need to know that, of course, going into it. But again, I think in most of those calculations, people are taking whatever someone has handed them as factual versus, you know, you should have your own spreadsheet that calculates your return on investment. It's not that hard to build, or you can go to different websites and pick them up for free so that you can then compare apples to apples. So you can say, okay, well, this one says it gives a 20% return, but... When I add all of these factors in, it's really only a 12% return. 
And then you can make the decision of whether that's the property to invest in or not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So checking every number. Uh, we talked about getting an appraisal, if it's not going to be part yep. of the loan process, getting a certified home inspection in any case, uh, because if you think appraisals, appraisers look at things like how old is the furnace, that is not correct. Um, even looking at things as simple as does the rent that the seller is claiming to be achieving on this property match up to sort of what's out there in the world? That's an enormous factor because the bad guys in our business, of course, inflate that number. And, you know, it's rented for that for the first three months because they took the first application from the person that had the cash in the hand so that you were actually buying a rented property for that much but then three months later, the property is vacant because they're paying more than market rent. So you really need to do a rent survey. There's a couple of ways that you can do that. The first way simply is to go on Zillow, and they're going to tell you what houses in that neighborhood buy property rent for based on what people have reported either on a Zillow-type site or um, – in newspapers is where they sometimes pick up information, which is the second place you look, of course. Most newspapers have an online area where you can look at two- and three-bedroom houses in a specific neighborhood that you're considering buying a property and see if it's comparable. And then finally, the third area is to do the rent reasonable survey that you can get from Section 8. It's important that you understand when you're getting that from Section 8 whether or not you have the rent that includes utilities or not because some Section 8 rents include a utility charge which would add 150 to $200 a month in additional rent that would then, of course, make you think you're going to get more rent than you actually will. And if you find the property is over-rented, um, then you need to start asking some more questions. And then, most importantly, if the property is already rented, which is how you should hopefully buy it, ask for a copy of the lease and make sure what they're telling you is what's on the lease because, you know, that's another place for people to not tell the truth. And all you're doing is trying to get the facts, make sure everything is accurate. Mm-hmm. I was sent a... Uh a turnkey rental, as in someone wanted me to buy it from them in uh, northern Ohio. And the rental amount for a two-bedroom, uh, this was a two-bedroom property, the claimed rental amount was six seventy-five a month. And that just didn't jibe with what I thought I knew about that market. So I did two things. I went on Craigslist, and I searched two bedrooms in that little town. And then I called a couple of investors that I knew from uh, from that the Real Estate Investors Association up in that area, and when I told them six seventy five a month, they laughed in my face. They said, "They said maybe five fifty, more likely four ninety five for a property like that." And then the the question comes up: Well, how, okay, so these people, these sellers, have a lease with a tenant that says on it $675. And that was their claim, of course. I said, oh, you know, my friends are saying this would rent for 475 Well, we have a lease for 675 Folks who are not familiar with the real estate business aren't aware that you can get somebody who's desperate for a house to sign a lease for any... If they're getting set out from the house next door, 
they'll agree to pay whatever. That doesn't mean that they can actually pay whatever or that the next tenant is going to agree to do the same thing. So uh, check the rents. The taxes are very easy to check. The insurance is something that you need to check with your own insurance agent because I've seen I've seen sellers quoting insurance prices that are correct prices if you happen to own a hundred properties, but which would be three or four times that much if this is the only rental that you own. So every single solitary number absolutely has to be checked. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about uh, some more specific ways that you can protect yourself in a turnkey rental and some of the variations out there on turnkey rentals. You can send us an email with any questions you have at askvina at gmail.com or give us a call at 877-772-9658. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. The topic this evening is turnkey rentals and how to buy them and... Be safe. Evaluate the investment in a wise way. Uh, interesting question here from Nancy in Denver, Colorado. She says, I have been to a number of conferences where Fannie Mae qualified people such as myself are invited to meet with turnkey rental sellers. And the thing that I don't understand about this discussion is why we are adding management costs. In most cases, the sellers will manage the properties after the closing and in many cases for free. Missy? Oh my gosh, I think we've lost Missy. Sorry, I muted myself so I <laughs> wouldn't make noise. <laughs> um, you know, free is a nice word as long as it's not forever because mo- there has to be, you know, many sellers build into their sales price a management fee for a period of time, which is acceptable. But if you think you're going to get management fees forever for free, I think you're mistaken because it costs money to manage properties. And there has tendency to be uh, a diminishing return after you've actually purchased the property. Depends on who's actually managing it. Are you go- is the person that's selling you the home going to manage it, or are they turning it over to a management company? Which brings me back to one of the next things that is very, very, very important when you're buying a turnkey rental to get references. Because if you're buying from a legitimate seller, there should be people out there that have had similar experiences and done similar things as you have. And ask for no less than five references and then call those people. Ask them hard questions like, was, how often was your property vacant? What is the upcharge? Has everything they promised they would do uh, been true? So that you're actually checking your seller's references and your property manager's references. And then the other thing that I suggest is that you have a backup property manager in the area that you contact, and this is another way to verify what the seller is telling you is true, that they will manage the property for a similar amount, that what they think they can get for rent is true, what they find to be the average vacancies and days on markets for their service to be, because that's going to be similar to what the other company is offering. So to answer her question, uh, free forever is probably not a good deal. Somewhere they're going to fail because it costs money. If they're if you're buying from 
an investor at those meetings, then you need to make sure that they have references, not just the person that's offering them the sales, because often they're a realtor that is bringing other realtors to the room and getting paid a commission, which is fine. Just make sure that you're getting references in addition to that. And then have a backup system for your property manager and don't wait until you're in crisis until you do that. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, Nancy, I will manage any turnkey rental for you any place in the country for free as long as I don't have to do anything. I mean, that, it's, there, 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 there are certain things that you have to ask yourself as a buyer about what is happening on the seller's side. The seller is making money selling you the property, I promise you. They bought it cheap, they fixed it up, and they're selling it to you at full price. So they're making $10,000, $20,000, sometimes even $30,000. And it's very easy to think, oh, well, that's why they're going to manage it for free. Because they got $20,000 at the beginning and, you know, they're prorating that over the next 10 years. The problem is once the seller has the money in his hand and um, he is going to move on to selling the next property, which puts another $20,000 in his hand, and he's not charging you anything to deal with your tenants and their complaints, how much service do you think your tenants are going to get? I mean, it just it, when you think about it, when you think about it that way... Uh, it, it, it just it, it's really not in that seller's best interest to continue to really work hard to maintain and manage your property because he got the biggest chunk of his money up front. I, I have not seen a turnkey rental deal that I thought was probably legitimate where it was free forever management because just, it's just not going to happen. And I would agree with that. Okay, uh, we, d- we have just a couple of minutes left, Missy, and uh, I'd like to spend that time uh, talking about some of the variations that are out there on on turnkey rentals. Uh, the one that we've been talking about ha- is, is really the most common one. It's you, you buy the property and then, you know, someone else manages it for you, but you're the owner and you have 100% of all of those benefits. There, there are other kinds of turnkey rentals out there as well, though, that involve the seller continuing to stay involved in the property as a partial owner, things like credit partner deals and cash partner deals. And I think those are the most exciting deals out there, and here's why. You know, if they're your credit partner or they're, they're actually maintaining some of the ownership in the property, then they've kind of got skin in the game. They're not selling you something and then going away. And, and that's what I caution you most about, is keeping them involved as a manager, as a partner, some way to keep them involved in the deal so they're not just making the money and running. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, as always, if you're going to own a property with someone else, you always want to have that happen in an entity, and you want that entity to have an operating agreement and a buyout agreement because, I mean, it could happen that, uh, Missy, I buy a property from you, only we stay partners. I, I, I put the cash in, and then we're going to split the profits, and something happens to you. And you need to think of all the what-ifs before you go into that relationship. I spent a great deal of time researching and trying to make sure that, at least in my credit partnering, in my partnering situations, if they went crazy, I was protected. If I went crazy, they were protected, because mm-hmm. that's what you really have to plan for is the worst possible situation. 
what if your credit partner or your partner in this this agreement died? Making sure their heirs are bound by the same agreements is just a very fundamental practice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And finally, in the last minute or so, what about these fixed return turnkey rentals where you buy the property, but then instead of getting whatever whatever the cash flow is, you get an automatic fixed X percent return? Well, I, I, offer also, I also offer a system similar to that, but typically those are in a situation where you need to ask the question, what is the real return versus what I'm getting? And if they are not willing to disclose that to you, they're probably not the person to invest with. Because if someone's going to make you those kind of guarantees, you want to make sure there's enough margin in the property for them to be successful. Because if they don't have enough margin in it, and we have an upset in the real estate market like we've had in the last three or four years, then what's going to happen is your guarantee is going to be useless. So you need to look at the guarantee in total. What is the financial stability of the partner? Um, how long have they been in business? Are, have they done deals similar to this? And who, again, who are their references? And don't just look at the piece of paper. Call the people and ask the questions. And if the return doesn't come to pass, is it still a good deal? That's all the time that we have for Real Life Real Estate Investing. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us, Missy. If you're in the Cincinnati area and you'd like to know more about buying turnkey rentals or how to evaluate them to sell, come to the RIA meeting tomorrow night, 6 p.m. More information at CincinnatiRIA.com. We'll be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Happy investing.